Welcome to Lion Talks. I'm Bethany Farrell from Career Development at Texas A&M Commerce. Lion Talks is a podcast presented by alumni and friends of A&M Commerce discussing their journeys openly and honestly to teach students and other alumni that designing a life you love is part of a journey and the first step is to take the first step. Relius Johnson is the Assistant Director of Multicultural Affairs at the University of Texas at Arlington. He is an August 2016 undergraduate alumni of Texas A&M University Commerce, a May 2018 graduate school alumni of the University of Central Arkansas, and is set to graduate with his PhD in August 2020 from Louisiana State University. Relius' dissertation looks at Black self-identifying students' experiences, respect to racial inequalities on campus, and the role of Black Black Lives Matter on their respective campus. Additionally, this study will help understand the student perspectives of how university administrators have responded to calls for them to devote more attention and resources to address racial inequities on campus. While at A&M Commerce, Relius was initiated into the Zeta Tau chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, crowned homecoming king, and served as an AMP mentor, the VP for Campus Activities Board, and a student government senator. He was also a member of the Honors College, a lead resident assistant, and executive team member for orientation. Relia strives to engage as an agent of positive social change by acknowledging, activating, and self-interrogating the complexities of one's identities, experiences, privileges, and ideologies. Relius is also an uh, motivational speaker and uses his story to promote the mindset of greatness as a state of mind. Relius's motto is to use your past to influence a better future. He plans to challenge and support the people he interacts with to be the best that they can be, including himself. Welcome, Relius. How are you today? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, I know we put you on the schedule pretty early on, and it feels like when we scheduled this, it was like, oh, all the way in March that we're going to be recording. Um, But now here we are. So I'm stoked to chat with you today. So um, was there anything on your bio that I missed? I know at one point you said, among other things in your bio, after I listed off about 20 different things you did while you're here at Commerce. Um, Is there anything I left off that you'd like listeners to know? (laughs) <laughs> no, um, that was long enough. <laughs> I think it was just the right length. It was very good. I think you covered, you've done a lot of things since your, uh, while you were here at Commerce and since your time at Commerce. So I think we've definitely, uh, I think we definitely covered all our bases for sure. So um um, so as I usually start off every episode, Lion Talks is a casual conversation and we start off with the same question for each of our guests and let the topics of interest to you and um, conversation guide us through about 30 to 45 minutes of conversation that we hope will inform and inspire. Um, so you, t- I mean, you talked about, I, we, I uh, talked about these things in your bio that you did while you were here, but what would you say was your favorite part of your time at A&M Commerce? I would say orientations. Orientations is definitely my favorite thing um, about commerce. I remember a lot between that and ZT, um, but I'm a, I think orientation tops it off. Just the impact, the experiences, meeting everybody, the energy that you have to have. I loved it. Yeah. So what was your, what would you say was your favorite orientation like event or favorite moment from orientation? Definitely the skit shows. Um, all the creativity that went behind it. Also, um, I felt like my team always had a streak going and 
it was could you knock whatever college um, the OL was with. Um, and so, yes, definitely the skit show. Okay, very good. I sense a little competitiveness uh, there in you. Um, you know, knowing you, I know that that exists, but I, I love that you, that competitiveness has already come out a little bit here. <laughs> so would you say that you think your time at a Commerce has helped shape your present and kind of who you are today? I know it did. Without the experiences I had at a Commerce, one, I wouldn't be in higher ed. Also, my perspectives and thoughts on life wouldn't have evolved how it has, and I wouldn't have the experiences to travel overseas or even do service learning leadership um, retreats and things of that nature. So all my experiences at A&M Commerce molded me into a better person and shaped everything that I do now. So a lot of times I rely back on my experiences as well as I stay in contact with a lot of people such as Bethany, um, who I've hit up a few times about things. And so it gave me a basically I never had growing up as well as it's the reason why I do what I do and why I'm in higher ed. Yeah. So you talked about that, you know, your time here um, leading you to higher ed. Can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit and um, tell us what made you decide that that was the path for you? Originally, I wanted to be a math teacher and track coach. Um, that was supposed to be what I was going to do, work my way up to be a superintendent. I had it all planned out since I was like six or seven. I knew that's what I was going to do. Um, as I was teaching and doing my internship and my residency, um, I had a heart-to-heart conversation with one of my teachers. And it was, hey, Ray, you would be a great teacher, but how you like to teach math and what you want to do, you have to teach at a charter school or a private. You can't teach at a public school, especially with math. Um, because basically it's for your testing is what determines your distinction at your school. Um, and a lot of principals aren't going to take risk. And I was bummed because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I've always thought math was going to be a math teacher. Then Zach Shirley, I remember him hitting son. Have you ever thought of higher ed? Although I had a lot of men work with people in higher ed, I just never realized it was a career. Um, and it's like, you could be doing this. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, hey, let's try it. Let's see what this is about. Um, so I saw for my master's in college student personnel services, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, you know, it's interesting knowing you and knowing how active you are in the higher ed community. Um, I, I kind of, I don't know why I didn't realize that you weren't just always a gung-ho higher ed was the path person. I, I don't, I don't know why I didn't realize that. Maybe I'm having a blonde moment today, but that's really fascinating. Um, and, uh, are, are you still strong in math? Do you still feel confident that you could teach a, a math class at this point, even if it's not necessarily the way that the teaks say, you know, and all that say it should be taught? I think so. I got a second master's from LSU um, last summer in applied research measurement and evaluations, which is stats. And my PhD is statistics based. So I hope. I hope so, too. (laughs) Hey, I'm in a management research class right now. I may be hitting you up to help me uh, review my data here in a few weeks. (laughs) Uh, Need help? I got you. Okay, good. Matt. Uh, math is not my strong suit. Now, Excel, on the other hand, I can make I, I can make all the great things happen in Excel. So <laughs> that's great. 
Um, so talk to me about your path to your PhD. Uh, what is something that maybe has been unexpected, you know, for better or for worse? Uh, we're, we're vulnerable here at Lion Talks, so you can talk about whatever you want. Um, about what was something that was unexpected about your journey to your doctorate? So I knew I wanted to go straight through. Um, and I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. And a lot of people were either yes or no. It was, you need to get more experience, young. You're so young. I started PhD when I was two, 23. I'm 26 now. Um, and it was, you, you need to wait. You're going to be seen too qualified, all this stuff. So making the decision. Um, and then I remember with Greg Shirley, as you, you hear the Shirley's a lot in a lot of my stories. And he was like, son, I do what's best for you. You believe in your decision. That's all that matters. And I was like, I know I want to work full time to get the experience and I want to go school time. And that's what I did. Um, I did have a lot of challenges um, with that working in res life. Um, <laughs> you're on call. You never know what situations are happening. It's just a lot of adjustments. Um, I was able to make it work, but I've struggled a lot in my Ph.D. I think more than anything, my Ph.D. has been the most about who I am. Whether it's I've changed chairs. Um, my first chair when I got there became the interim dean. Um, then I had another chair uh, that I was changing to. He left the university. Then another chair, just she and I didn't mesh. Then another chair that I wanted, um, we started the paper. She got promoted. So I had five chairs. I'm like, good, even within my research. Um, so now I'll university i left lsu to come to uta um and another challenge is i have my little brother i'm um, doing working full-time going to school full-time and trying to raise a 14 year old by myself and it's like these are different adjustments um but it's been wonderful experiences i've learned a lot but i've also grown with my support um, we have a group called we all we got and we're all we started this together we're finishing it together um, you have no choice. Um, and I appreciate that and love that. So although I've had obstacles, I've also had many cheers as well. So talk to me about um, how it's been managing all this in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. How, you know, you have so many irons in the fire. How do you stay focused and stay so positive? <laughs> I guess is another way to look at it. I will say, um, sometimes it's my mindset. I, I'm very goal oriented. Um, um, my top five strengths when you are achiever, significance, deliberative, or later in competition. And I tell people when you put all that together, as well as if we underline, understand that from a strength based model, I was like, that's what my perp, like the achiever in me, has to. I said, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. Competition within myself to always be better and learn more, um, all of that. But then also I was big on care. So when I was um, doing it, people would tell you Fridays at four o'clock after when I got off, I didn't do anything else on Fridays, work related or educational related. It was about self-care, having fun, getting out. I went to track meets. I went to, so I made sure to put things on my calendar that were just for me. Um, as well as, again, I had a great support. I've learned having a, I didn't have the best work environment, but I had the best people to be there to push me through things. And that made that much of a difference. 
Now, I'm not going to lie, with COVID, I lost that drive. Um, I was supposed to defend my proposal in, I want to say, June. I didn't defend my proposal till November, and I decided to change my whole chapters one through three and then resubmit to like January um, based off of things that were happening. My patient um, evolved. Um, but this summer, especially, I was working in multicultural affairs, so that means I was leading protests, organizing things, supporting students. Um, I'm also looking at all this through the lens, hey, I'm a black male. Um, also, my dissertation, all my research is around Black Lives Matter and racial climate. And it, it, it just took a toll on me. And then also getting adjusted to having a 14-year-old where I went from just focusing on me to, oh, I got to make sure he's good. I got to check in on him. I have to do things with, that was a complete, just, I was tired, didn't want to do anything. And so I, for the longest, was burnt out. Um, and I was just going through the actions. Um, but I would say still going through the actions is most people couldn't tell because I'm still accomplishing and doing things. But I knew I wasn't performing my best. And so I had to seek out therapy again, um, as well as just start prioritizing myself again in order to make sure that I'm again taking care of myself. Because if you, I'm not good, I can't be good to anyone else. And so I had to make sure I was back to that mindset and then also being vulnerable and saying, hey, I'm struggling right now or, hey, I need a pick me up or, hey, can you send me a motivational quote or even accountability with my major professor? We started having Friday meetings every Friday um, because he went from, hey, well, now you're on your own time frame to, hey, every Friday we're going to have a meeting and I need you to send me an update on Thursday night of everything you push that week. Yeah. Um, so how did you, I guess, was there like a specific point when you realized you were burnt out or did it all just kind of come COVID crashing? Um, and, you know, how have you, how, what led you to make the decision that I really need to focus on me right now? Um, and who did you reach out to, to help, um, help you with that? I would say it just happened. Like I saw the signs but I didn't really put the signs together um, or pay attention to it until it was just, I remember after on a program and one of my mentees who's in law enforcement called me and was like, Hey, can we have a conversation? Um, and I was like, yo, what's going on? And we talked and I just remember hearing none of that conversation. And he was like, yeah, right. We talked, but I could tell you were out of it or you were like, huh, say that again. It's like, that's not you. Um, and then later that night, another shooting happened. And I'm just like, okay. Um, I just literally, like, I don't know, ever been so frustrated. You don't know why you're frustrated. But I remember just being on my couch. And I'm just like, angry at everything. I can't even tell you why I'm angry, what's going on. And I didn't want to read and don't want to do anything. Um, and I went back to, I will call my MERS crew. Um, and Miss Danielle, Shatina, Zach, Greg, um, and like some of the other, like Vincent, Lauren, and Harold, and like, hey, Brittany, I'm struggling. Like, hey, I don't understand this. Like, hey, y'all, this is what's going on. Um, also, Dotson and I had some, some like heart to heart conversations. Like, you need to seek help. Like, you need to go start back going to therapy. 
Um, and I had to do that um, because, again, I was going through the motions at work and people not knowing it because um, I was still performing. But my dissertation, I didn't want to do anything. I had to do my job because, I mean, that's what I get paid and I need my lights on. I need to pay rent. But for dissertation and everything, which is if it gets done, um, it'll get done. That's literally at one point. I was like, if I finish, I finish. I see why people are ABD. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see why I am not started my doctorate yet <laughs> because um, I see a lot of ABD and um, I um, I know the stress that it can put on you. So I applaud you for doing it. Um, you know, going straight through that is is not a easy path. And I applaud you for doing that. But I also applaud you for real, you know, realizing that, you know, maybe I need to talk to somebody and reaching out to those people in your support system, because that can be so hard to do, particularly for someone uh, like yourself, whose number one strength is achiever, as achiever, uh, that's in my top five as well. Uh, My number one is woo. I know no one is surprised by that. But um, I think woo is your 64, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that is my last. Woo, empathy, harmony. Bottom three. <laughs> um, that's why we compliment each other so well. Um, <laughs> so, but I applaud you for, you know, particularly, you know, strong people um, want to appear strong and um, achieving their goals all the time. And it can be hard to admit that, man, I need a break. I need... I need to, I need to talk to someone. I need some help. And so I, I applaud you for doing that. What would you, what advice would you give to our listeners who might be going through something similar, whether it's with a PhD program or whether it's just in life in general, maybe they've got, um, they've been worn down like you because of COVID or they're going through some unexpected trials. What advice would you give to them? I would say one, get help. Less therapy, counseling, even um, if you know you just walking meditations, um, doing something that can help you just be better and be holistic, um, whether that's if you're faith based, that might be like for me, church was a huge thing. I realized not going to church and hearing like at least the music, the pastor, that has been a big thing for me um, in different avenues of different ways to get that and I'm a huge fan of therapy, but also um, I've seen a lot of mental health coming from Res Life. Um, if you don't get on top of it, it becomes what we call a red flag where um, it's those suicide ideations I'm responding to, those mental health crises. And a lot of times I listen to my students. Um, you knew when it was going to happen because um, you could tell based off their stories, like this is the breaking point. And so getting that help talking to someone that you trust, um, finding those healthy ways of whether it's working out, sleeping, eating right. There are so many things that you can do, um, but you be willing to one. I almost tell people, put your pride aside and be vulnerable and also recognize that you have a problem and it's okay that you have a problem. Yeah, it's absolutely okay to not be okay. I think in the past couple of years on so many levels, um, well, I guess it feels like a couple of years, really, it's only been a year. Um, we've experienced so many 
unprecedented. I promised myself I wasn't going to use that word in 2021, but I keep using it. Um, unprecedented things occurring, whether, um, you know, going back to last summer, going back to the pandemic that we're still in the midst of, I think we're still in the midst of, uh, racial inequities in our world right now. And it just, it, it can take a toll on you. And again, I just want to say, I, I applaud you for the work that you do to help other students and to be there for other students, but, um, also for, um, but also for taking care of you because you are, uh, you know, you are a very important member of our AM Commerce alumni community and are so important to so many other people around you. So we're glad that you are sort of back on track now. Uh, you got a graduation date for that PhD, so you must be making some progress on that dissertation. Is that, am I correct in that uh, assumption? Yes and no. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it now. Um, my major professor has told me I have to have four and five done by May um, because he's going out of the country during the summer. And so I was like, all right, Dr. King, I see what you're doing. Sometimes we but need that little bit of pressure and a deadline to push us forward um, when we're stuck. I think that and, and it's interesting, too. I talk with students a lot about this feeling of being stuck. Um, if you're an achiever by nature uh, and you haven't felt that stuck feeling before, you just uh, when the first time you do feel it, it can feel a little uncertain, like, uh, oh, gosh, I had all the answers and now I don't. Well, what do I do here? And so I think you do a lot of the right things by having that great support system. All those people you mentioned are amazing people um, and you're very, you're lucky to have those people in your life. So that's awesome. Um, so we talked about your support system. And I'm curious, it could be from those people, um, Greg, Shirley, and Zach Shirley get brought up in this podcast a lot because they have, uh, have had a lot of impact on uh, our students that we have interviewed, but, um, and Greg was a guest, but what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? I would say it's two things, because I always tell my students this. One, prioritize yourself and your well-being. And then two, know there's a difference between networking, mentoring, and sponsoring, because that is going to take you very far, but you also need to understand the levels to it. Okay. Can you elaborate on those differences, how you, what you see those different, how you would define the differences between those three? I know how I define it, but I want to know how you define it. <laughs> so for me, networking is who you know and who knows you. Um, I believe in the rule of three, especially with networking. I should know someone who knows someone to get me into the door opportunity that I need um, at the minimum. I really love the rule of two, whereas I should know someone who can automatically be a part of that room. And so that means how are you being visible? How are you being seen? What is your image? Not only the image that you're trying to portray, but the image that others think of you, because um, that all goes into network. Um, like I tell my eyes, you need to have a business card always on hand. You need to have a PDF of your resume ready to send at any time with a cover letter because you never know if someone says, hey, send this to me in five minutes. Well, if you don't have a resume, guess what? You've met, but you haven't fully networked because you want to prepare. Um, mentorship. To me, mentorship is the guidance and who can I go to? Can it be that counsel um, that I look for? Um, as well as who in those pivotal moments can I trust? 
um, to have my back. Sponsorship is who's in those doors or those rooms that you're not in and can speak on your value and your impact that you can have and bring you into the room um, in the table. And I think we get a lot of times mentorship and sponsorship confused or we don't want to differentiate between the two. But I do believe sometimes you need to have mentors, sometimes you need to have sponsors, and then sometimes you need to have both that a combination because sponsors will tell you different things than a mentor. Because a lot of times to me, a mentor won't be as direct or that truthful when a sponsor be like, hey, you're you need to do X, Y, and Z, or why have you? And so even that that connection and also all of this has to be outside of just your typical. For me, I work in higher ed. So I need to have someone all in higher ed. But also outside of high ed, so I have a friend who's in business as well as um, another mentor who's an attorney. And there's certain times where I'm like, okay, I can go to Zach and Greg, or sometimes I need to call Bill, or sometimes I need to call Shonda and Bill, and because they have that that other life experience. And so all of that has to cultivate into who you are, but it's only as strong as you allow it. Because um, also you need to be able to take feedback. You need to be able to be honest. You also need to understand that these are people who should have your best interests. And sometimes that can be misconstrued where your best interest is not of their interest because they're trying to move for themselves. I appreciate you explaining to me how you, um, I really love the way you separate out mentorship and sponsorship. I think that's super um, important for people to realize that there is a big difference there. Um, and you nailed, so you almost answered my next question without me even asking it. Um, but my real, my next question is, is what advice would you give to students for, um, setting themselves up for success when networking or looking for a mentor, uh, you touched on being able to take feedback. I think that is 100%. Um, that and communication skills are probably the two most uh, sought after skills by employers based on what I do. And I know that employers want to be able to give an, an employee feedback and them to make that change and uh, grow as an employee. It's not it's not personal. It's work. Um, but also being able to take that feedback is so it can be so hard. I did not like feedback as a 22 year old myself, but um, I always took it personally. Um, but what advice would you give students who are maybe trying to find a mentor or trying um, to, to get to a place where you are with a great team of people around them? What advice would you give them? And so I might be on the outskirts of this, but I do not believe you can just directly go up and ask for someone to be a sponsor or a mentor. Um, I've told students that before, like, hey, can you be my mentor? And I responded, no. Um, because how I think a mentor, it, it evolves into a mentorship or a sponsorship where it's like, I'm more of a, hey, do you meeting and giving me some advice or walking me through. And then over time, that evolves into this mentorship and a sponsorship, as well as it has to be understood on both sides, where I've had someone say, oh, Grace, my mentor. No, really, this is your mentor. I've just been giving you advice and helping you through a certain situation. Um, and so I believe there's layers to it. Um, and so one, just get to know that person. You need to understand their personality. You need to understand their feedback style. You need to understand, like, is this someone you really could trust and value their input? And do they know what they're saying or doing? Um, Bethany, um, I can say this with you. <laughs> you know, so many people who work in higher ed and to, I'm like, once you get to know, I'm like, 
you have BS your way through higher ed <laughs> or you have the right people working underneath you. And that's no, how never. There's, those people don't exist. <laughs> and then I'm like, all these people thinking you're amazing and all this stuff. And it's, it's not you, it's your team. Or you know how to just make it seem like you're there at the right time and at the right moment. Um, and so there's a big difference with that. Um, also within that, you need to not fully know where you're trying to go, but also have some direction within yourself. Um, understand like, what are you trying to do at least? What is your learning outcomes? What's your objectives, um, your passion, your purpose? Have some of that at least figured out. Um, and then just have those conversations with, hey, do you mind grabbing lunch? Or hey, do you mind if I schedule a meeting with you just to get more input insight? Um, and it'll evolve from there. But also be willing to take critical and I don't want to say courageous feedback, um, but um, you know, if you know my mentors, when I say sometimes I'm like, dang, and y'all said it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I don't know what not that bad is to you because you just tore my whole paper on my cover. Oh my letter, God, and I shed some tears now. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Oh, and like, yeah, this was really good. Where is the really good at? Sometimes the best feedback is the feedback you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. And you have to understand that a mentor is not supposed to tell you everything is sugar cookies and vanilla ice cream, bluebell vanilla ice cream, because it can't be that way. So yeah. also within that, how can you check yourself? How can you check and understand like, this is what I really need? Also, how can you use that advice to move forward? One of the things I hate um, is if someone gives you great advice and you do the opposite and then you come back and it's like, well, I know you said, then why did you ask? Now, it's one thing if it's like, I'm, you're trying to decide on what to do, but it's like, I'm going to do that. Then you do the complete opposite. And then you're upset when it backfires and you want your mentor to come back and try to know. Maybe that's just also the old school in me. Um, but then also set yourself up for success. So into the career development, um, a lot of times, hey, Ray, can you look at my resume? Well, uh, have you gone to see Blake at UTA in the Career Development Center? No, I haven't. Well, we have a whole resource here for you. Why haven't you seen him first? Or, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Or what internships are you doing? What opportunities are you getting that makes you stand out? I, have, I love paid internships. Um, and so I always encourage people, try to find you a paid internship. I think free internships, let me not get on my soapbox, but um, <laughs> certain people can't, cannot unpaid internship, but get those paid internships, volunteer, get that community service, get things that make you stand out. Because again, a lot of times I, I don't want a 4.0 person. I want a holistic person. Can you talk to people? Can you go out and have people feel the passion that you have? Um, cause I just don't need a robot. And I think a lot of times people get caught up in the 4.0 versus the experience. And I tell people at commerce, I had an experience, a holistic experience. Yeah. You did a few things while you were here. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think you're so right on that. Um, I think when you set your, when you set yourself up for being open to that feedback, number one, and being willing to take that first step to ask someone to not ask someone to be a mentor, but to 
communicate with them. Um, you talked about going to career development for help with your resume. Here's just a quick shameless plug. We have a mentorship database of alumni who have signed up who want to provide mentorship to students on all different levels. That can be as short as a 30 minute informational interview about that person's career path, which can be just as beneficial um, to someone seeking out a career as a long-term five-year mentorship. Um, and so we have a, it's a system called Wiser that we use, tamuc.wiser.io. Um, we'll put the link in the comments here. Um, but it, I think it's so important to be able to cultivate those relationships. And that self-awareness factor is so key. Um, being able to state what it is you want to do. And you don't have to know exactly, but to be able to talk passionately, passionately about why you got the degree you got or um, why you chose a Commerce or why you were involved in orientation. Um, when you're talking with an employer or a prospective mentor or someone, just someone you're networking with, people can see that passion. And if you can verbalize that, I think that is so important and can really set you up for success. Um, I've seen so many people that go into paths that they didn't expect just because someone saw that passion in them at a networking event or at a career fair. And they thought, you know, this person is a technology management major and they, but they could make a great salesperson or they could, you know, this person is a great salesperson, but you know what? They really explain complex concepts. Well, I bet they could really succeed in a tech environment in sales. And so finding those skills and being able to verbalize them, I think is also so important. And you talk about that holistic person, that holistic person can, is really able to do that. Not just talk about, well, I got all A's in accounting, finance, and economics, which that's great. That, I don't want to discount that. Like I would probably struggle to get an A in economics these days, but um uh, but I think it's also so important to be able to talk about the other experiences that have shaped you into the person that you are. Would you agree? I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, so um, I, I like to, I've kind of brought this back for this semester. I did it in our, one of our first episodes and um, I have brought it back a little bit this season. So uh, I used to be a recruiter and um, now work in career development and I can't do a quote unquote interview without asking some interview style questions. So I'm going to ask you a couple kind of rapid fire interview questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> um, what would you say is your greatest strength? I would say my greatest strength is my organization as well as my ability to motivate people in times when a lot of times they might feel defeated. Okay. Thank you. And on the flip side of that coin, what would you say is your greatest weakness? I believe my greatest weakness um, is me um, within creating those boundaries of saying no, as well as prioritizing and understanding that it's okay to say no to a lot of things that are happening, um, which leads a lot of times to me working 70, 80 plus hours a week because I should have just said, hey, this isn't my responsibility or being able to say I'm already working on this X amount of number of projects. I've reached my capacity. I don't have the capacity to take that on right now. Um, I think that's a really, really good answer. Um, again, going back to your achiever nature, <laughs> you want to accomplish it all, but you, there's only so many hours in the week 
day, month, and year. Um, so my last question, and I, I feel like I haven't ever given this question enough justice. I ask this question all the time in interviews and you know on, on boards that I'm on because it fascinates me. But I need to give a shout out to my good friend, former colleague, Trevor McRae, another Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated man. He is the one who brought this question to my life. So thank you, Trevor, if you're listening. Um, my, this question is, if you could be any part of the bicycle, what part of the bike would you be and why? Have I stumped you? <laughs> I would say the chain. Um, I think it's one of the pieces that a lot of times is forgotten about, um, but it's one of the things that upholds everything. If it's a rusted chain, it impacts it. If it's a smooth chain, if it's no chain. Um, and I think a lot of times how I move and how I function, it's a lot of times behind the scenes of making sure everyone else is looking good as well as everything is done. But if it's almost like the same, make your presence felt and your absence felt as well. Like if it's not there, you know, if I am there, it's there, but it doesn't get that appreciation or recognition, um, which I'm actually okay with because I'm just trying to make sure the bike is moving as it should be. And it's moving forward instead of backwards or side to side. Yes. And to add on to that, if the chain gets rusty, you're, you're aware and you need to be self, the bike itself needs to be self-aware enough to know, I mean, this chain is rusty. Things aren't moving like they were before. What do we need to look at and investigate internally to kind of figure out what could make us better? But then the bike stays in one piece if the chain is taken out and replaced, but if the, if the chain, but it can't move forward. So I think that's a really good answer. I really like that answer. I usually say like the handlebars or the pedals, but I may be changing my answer to the chain. Um, I, th I like I like that answer. So thank you for that. Um, I, everybody answers that question a little bit different. And I think it gives some definite insight um, into how somebody's brain works. So I like to ask that question. So um, in your bio, I want to touch on this real quick. You um, said that you like to promote the mindset of that greatness is a state of mind. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because um, I think that's something that could, our listeners would appreciate. So I believe truly um, based off of my life experiences, I've had a lot of hardship um, growing up, a lot of struggles. A lot of times people think I've had an easy life. And when I tell them actually like how I was raised and a lot of other things, like I would have never known. Um, but I believe your mind is the strongest weapon. And so I tell people, I have this thing where I say this phrase all the time. I might not be the best looking. I might not be the smartest. I might not be the number one candidate. But what I can tell you is I won't be outworked because of my mindset. Um, and I think that goes into all of that. If you can, if you can internalize it and visualize it, it can become something. Um, but it has to start with you. So I have to believe that I am greatness to move forward. And that's what I try to put in all of my students and everyone that I work with. You are great. Greatness is a state of mind. And let's go show everyone else what we already knew or what you already know. That's wonderful. Um, I, I just I can't I couldn't agree more. I think it's, you know, when you put your feet on the ground in the morning, you decide you know, there are things that happen to everybody every day, um, but you decide if the 
this is going to be a great day or not. I, I go back when I was in high school, uh, a few minutes ago, um, <laughs> uh, a long time ago, actually, uh, <laughs> there every day on our high school announcements, they would say, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Mm-hmm. And for, it's so cheesy, but and I remember it being very cheesy at the time, but it's always stuck with me because um, it, it's true. You know, there are things that are going to happen that are going to ruin your day, but you decide how those impact you and how you react to those. And I try to remember that um, similar state and stay in that positive state of mind, not like to the level of toxic positivity or anything, but try and really focus. I can feel it when I'm myself. And I'm sure you felt this way too, where you get it's like, man, like you talked about earlier, how you're like, man, everything is bothering me. Why is that? What is the root of that? And um, the other day I was in one of those places and someone, a good friend of mine texted me and said, let's reframe that, which I love to do. I said, um, what's something super positive that happened today? And while it was silly, it was that I got this new piece of furniture in my office that really spruced up my space and it just made my day. It didn't have anything to do with work or family or life or money. It was just this, these gold pillows that I got on clearance at Walmart. They're really, I was really grateful for the, the having those that day, which is so silly, but it's about finding that thing in that, in those tough times that you can hold on to until, until things kind of straighten themselves out. Um, so my last question for you today is um, if there is just one thing that our listeners remember from your podcast today, uh, what would you want it to be? There's a quote that I'm a quote person. If you haven't picked that up. Oh, no, I love them. Let's put them on a cricket. Let's put them on a canvas. Let's hang them in the, let's, let's decorate the office with them. I'm with you. I'm with it. <laughs> there is a quote called One Minute by Dr. Benjamin. Um, he was a Morehouse president. And at the end of it, it's basically to me, you, I have only but a minute, just 60 seconds in it. This is how it starts off. Um, and so my, what I like to leave with people is how are you using your 60 seconds to not only better yourself, but better the world. Because a lot of times people say, well, I started tomorrow, but what you do today impacts your tomorrow. And so my question for you is how are you impacting your tomorrow by starting with the 60 seconds that you're living right now? Well, I I couldn't wrap up an episode of a podcast any better than that quote. So uh, I will leave it with that. And I appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak with us today. And I so enjoyed it. And I'm so glad we finally got you on the calendar. And I look forward to seeing all the great things that you do. And um, I can't wait to call you Dr. Johnson here in just a few months. Um, so thank you again. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you in person sometime uh, soon, hopefully next football season. Oh, for sure. I'll be there. Okay. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Lion Talks, a production of the staff of Career Development at Texas A&M Commerce. If you are in need of job search assistance or are an employer looking to hire a lion, please email us at hirealion at tamuc.edu. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join us in two weeks for the next episode of Lion Talks. 
to stay updated about our programs, services, job opportunities, and upcoming hiring events, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TAMUC Hire a Lion.